If you're not in a place to understand somebody else, it makes it very hard for someone to understand you. You are listening to the Synergy Women podcast, brought to you by women's resilience coach, Nikki Hamilton. Nikki offers expertise in women's health and has an inspiring passion for helping women navigate through grief and life's challenges to help transform and build resilience with grace, courage, and authenticity. Each episode, she will explore an aspect of women's health, offering you insights on ways to build your body, your mind, and your heart health to help you rise up with resilience. In this episode, we will explore mind health for women. As a mindfulness meditation teacher and a Martini facilitator, Nikki loves helping women with their mind health. So welcome everybody and thanks so much for joining me on the Synergy Women podcast today. My name's Nikki Hamilton. Now, isn't it true that if you're navigating a challenging period of time in your life, that very often you'll feel misunderstood, which might contribute to feelings of feeling more alone and isolated. Now, I can recall this own uh, feeling in my own experience as I navigated grief in the very early days. I realized that really no one out there could really understand what I was feeling because nothing was really visible on the outside. And I often reflected, look, if I'd broken my arm or leg, everybody would know what was going on and and it could at least assist in some way. But when you're walking around with an empty hole in your heart and lots of emotional turmoil, ultimately uh, it can feel invisible to other people. And that feeling of invisibility or that feeling of isolation can soon start to develop into a loss of confidence in our ability to communicate our ability to communicate our feelings or our needs to other people. And very soon we can feel that others are communicating with us in a way that feels foreign, like maybe we're all speaking a different language. How come no one can understand me and how come I'm feeling so misunderstood? So really that got me thinking a bit more about communication and I wanted to dedicate this podcast to a better understanding on how to build good communication, communication styles, and, and how to feel more understood, as well as being able to communicate your own feelings and needs. So this uh, podcast dedicated to building better communication. And what we'll be outlining are firstly, the key steps to understanding and feeling understood. And then the next part we'll be uh, discussing and looking at four different communication and personality styles and how to connect with each of them. Uh, so let's start uh, just by talking through the first key steps in in better communication. And I think in order to feel understood in life, ultimately you have to be open to understanding others first. Uh, And so that really comes down to making sure that your brain is engaged in a place that's willing and open to understand other people. Now, I know I've talked about this in other episodes, but there's a part of your brain that controls or is in charge of the skills of empathy. And that part of your brain is an open place. It talks about inclusiveness. It works together as a team with other people. It seeks to understand. And so it's a a place of openness and inclusiveness. Now, there's another part of the brain, the battle-ready part of the brain, uh, which, which kind of has a you versus me approach to life. And these two parts of the brain uh, work a bit like a seesaw. But when you're in a place of being able to understand others, you really have the ability to demonstrate empathy, which means you're 
open and willing to have a you and me conversation together rather than a you versus me conversation. So to develop skills of empathy, part of it's calming down the reactive part of the brain that can kind of create that battle-ready approach to communication, which is never very effective. There's many ways of calming uh, the stress response and calming that part of the brain down, which I've uh, outlined in, in various episodes. But a couple of key tips are making sure you develop a healthy body and mind, getting out into nature, eating good foods, avoiding alcohol, making sure you develop a mindfulness or a meditation practice, taking a few slow breaths, pressing pause before you react just to give your brain a bit of a chance to calm down. Uh, and simply to understand that, look, you know, we're all doing our best with the tools and resources that we have. We really are. And so some of those skills mean that your brain will be in a better place to understand others, because if you're not in a place to understand somebody else, that makes it very hard for someone to understand you. And so that is the first step really in, in, in communicating and feeling more understood is just making sure that you're in a place ready to understand somebody else, which means that you're open. Now, you can't control where that other person lives. They might be in a battle-ready approach uh, when you're communicating with them, but you can control yourself. You can make a decision as to where you're going to come from, and that's the best that you can do. So that's the first step, being open to understanding others, which means that you have an open, calm uh, mind, ready to ask questions and see the big picture. The second key step is, is learn to name and tame your emotions without the story. If, you, if you're interested in learning more about naming uh, emotions, I highly recommend a book by Brené Brown called Atlas of the Heart. It's very interesting because it outlines uh, the kaleidoscope of emotions that we feel. And learning to just simply name how you feel without the story does help to calm your own reactive place or reactive centre down, which means, again, you're in a better place to start communicating. So first step, being open to understand others. Second step, learn to name how you feel without the giant long story. Just name, well, this is how I feel. Uh, the third step is understanding that our minds, uh, the monkey mind, I call it, um, where there's a place of uncertainty, we'll tend to fill in the blank with a, with a story because our brains don't really like uncertainty. So, for example, if someone hasn't returned my call, I could start saying, well, obviously they don't like me or obviously oh, they're too busy for me. Uh, how come they're too busy for me but not somebody else? It's obviously because of this. And I can go a great long story around, um, <laughs> around my perception. Uh, I don't know if any of it's true. So, so part of it is understanding that the monkey mind, whenever we're uncertain, will always insert a little story uh, in order to fill in the blank. That way it makes us feel, oh, well, obviously I'm, I'm certain that it means that I'm unlovable or whatever it is that you're uh, talking to yourself about. So be aware of the monkey mind. Uh, it's a natural uh, part of all of us. But whenever you're uncertain about someone's behaviour or someone's actions, coming to a place in a communication style or a conversation with them from an open place uh, where you're willing to learn and understand means that you have to calm some of those stories down because ultimately they are just stories. You don't really know if they're true or not. So a, a nice little phrase that I share and Brene Brown shares is, uh, you know, the story I'm telling myself. So, for example, I might start a conversation with someone saying, look, do you know what? I actually feel quite hurt at the moment because you didn't return my call. And the story I'm telling myself is that you're way too busy to pay attention to my needs and I'm feeling, I'm just feeling hurt by that. 
So I've announced how I'm feeling and I've just said, look, the story I'm telling myself is this, is it actually true? Like what's going on? And that way you can start an open conversation in a, in a good communication style that's open-ended with questions rather than the accusations and the me versus you approach uh, to communicating. So first step, like I said, be open, inclusive, ask questions to get your own brain centered rather than coming at uh, communication with a battle-ready approach. Learn to name your emotions just without a story, just name your emotions. And if there is a story there, just say, look, the story I'm telling myself is this. It might not be true. <laughs> uh, and then we can start to kind of step down from the reactive place in the brain. And then always start conversations with the kind of, you know, we or together or questions. Like, is now a good time to talk? I'd really like to talk to you. Or do you have a, an opening sometime this week where we can get together and have a conversation? It basically opens the door to open co uh, communication and conversation. So there's sort of some key early steps in understanding how to communicate in a better way so you can start to feel understood. Uh, and part of it is, like I said, opening the door to understanding others because if you're both on um, two sides of a boxing ring, then you'll never feel understood and nor will you understand anybody else. But the, the other part that I thought I'd like to go over today is really understanding your communication style and the communication style of others. And that's summarized really simply and nicely um, with DISC profiling. I don't know if you've heard or read anything about DISC profiling, but DISC profiling, D-I-S-C, is uh, a way that, or a certain way that we like to communicate, certain way that we like to behave, and it also, also outlines probably some of our strengths. So let's, let's just explain this as best I can in a simplified format. What I want you to visualize now is that there's a white piece of paper in front of you and you're going to draw a horizontal line to cut that piece of paper in half and a vertical line to cut that piece of paper in half. So then you've got four boxes. So that horizontal line, if you can imagine above that line, are extrovert or more active people. So people that are happy to be center stage or be a bit more outgoing and below the horizontal line, you've got your more reflective or more introvert sort of people, people that would prefer a quiet dinner or a night at home or something um, a little less outgoing. So basically people will tend to fall into the category of either being a bit more extrovert or a bit more introvert. And I will say that we can probably be both, like I can be extrovert in certain situations and then feel generally a little bit more introvert. So we can both step. We can step on both sides. We're not we're not uh, carved in stone and set in one place. But generally speaking, above that horizontal line will be an extrovert. Below will be an introvert. And if we now think about the vertical line, on the vertical line to the left side of the vertical line, you'll have people who are more task focused which means they're people who like to get the job done. So if they're halfway through a job and the phone rings, they're not likely to answer it because they just want to tick the boxes and get the job done. Whereas on the right side of the uh, vertical line, you've got people who are more people focused, who like to chat, who aren't really that interested in ticking off the boxes. If the phone rings, they're distracted by that very, very quickly. So now we've got sort of four generalized personality types and communication styles. So I'll explain each of them one by one. So in that top left corner, you've got your task driven or task focused extrovert. And they call this D. So D stands for dominant, decisive, 
direct, they like to steer the ship. Uh, they're the sort of people that can make decisions very quickly and have direct conversations. Because they're task focused, they don't want the chit chat, they'll tend to talk in dot points and they're a bit extrovert so they're happy to kind of speak up and speak their mind. So a dominant, decisive, direct person would be a task focused introvert, would be the sort of person that would maybe be the CEO or of a company or the leader in a group uh, at work. Uh, they're the sorts of people that tend to fall into this category. And because they like to steer the ship, um, they do have a, a subtle fear of losing control. So that's just one of the things. And, and with every strength, uh, there's also a downside. So someone who's dominant, decisive, direct, can make decisions quickly and steer the ship. Uh, the downside of that is uh, that can maybe that can be demanding and maybe that can be domineering. So if you're talking to someone who or opening up a conversation with someone who is a D, dominant, decisive, direct sort of person, they don't like rambling conversations. They like direct conversations. It's not because they don't want to connect with people. It's just that that's their style. That's a communication style. So these people tend to get to the point quickly. They tend to be problem solvers. They're usually quick to adapt. So they can adapt to changes pretty quickly and, and, and to new ideas. Uh, they don't need to chit chat about it. They'll just make a decision and go. So that's the description of a, of a task-driven extrovert, which is D. Uh, in the disc profiling. Then if we move over across one, so we're still above the line, so we're still talking about the extrovert people, and we, we go to the people-orientated or the people-focused extrovert. Now, we all have a people-focused extrovert in our lives. They're really fun people to have around. They are the, uh, the letter I, and I stands for influential or interactive and interesting. Now, the downside of these people is they can be a bit irritating and impulsive. So they're the other two I words that are often associated here. And so, so the I people are the 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 centre of attention at a party. They're the people who love big parties. They love socialising. They love to be included. They're social butterflies. Now, because they love to be included one of their fears is social rejection, just so you know that as a background. Now, if you're communicating to someone who's an I personality, like a people-focused extrovert, ultimately you need to allow time for socialising. You need time for a chatty conversation, perhaps doing activities together while you converse or while you communicate is, is, a, is a good idea. So, you know, go for a bike ride, go for a swim, do something outside. Uh, do something social together because they love to get together and talk with big groups of people. And again, an influencer is quick to adapt to new ideas and they love talking about it. So they'll talk about it for, you know, three hours and you still haven't got anywhere. <laughs> so the influencers are the chatty people of, of, of the world. We've got more Synergy Women coming up, but first let's take a quick break. Would you like to give yourself the gift of dedicated time out? to nurture your health and build resilience through life's challenges? Check out our retreats page at synergywomen.com.au. So we've covered now the extroverts. So we've got the D dominant task-driven extrovert, the I influencer, which is the people-driven extrovert. Let's now go down to the more reflective or introvert style person. So if we go to the bottom left, that is a task-driven introvert, which means they like to tick boxes off and get the job done. And that stands for C. Um, C is for compliant, C 
cautious, conscientious. And I always say these are the librarians and the accountants of the world. They're actually very att attentive to detail. Um, now, the, the upside of their attentiveness to detail is that they're cautious, they're conscientious, they have very high work standards have a tendency toward perfectionism uh, and as a result of that sometimes they can fear criticism or they don't go so well with criticism but this compliant cautious and conscientious person who has a, a lot of attention to detail can uh, in some circumstances appear to others as condescending or calculating um, so they're the c words that are associated with this person now this person is a, a detailed person they're objective they're logical and reserved so when you're talking to someone who is falling into that category, so a, a C person, compliant, conscientious. Because they're a bit more introvert, taking them to a party and having a conversation is probably not a great idea. And because they're logical and reserved and they do like details, they don't mind sitting down and having a conversation, but they, they want the logic behind it. Um, and so talking to that sort of person means, yes, supply a lot more detail compared with the extrovert task-driven person. They don't want detail. They just want dot points because they want to make decisions and they want to make them fast, uh, whereas the task-driven introvert is very much more attentive to the details of what's happening. So communicating with a, with a C person is a little bit different to communicating with a, with a dominant uh, task-driven person. So that covers D for dominant and decisive, I for influencer, which is your uh, people-driven extrovert, C, which is on the bottom left, which is your introvert that's a little bit more task orientated and the last person which is on the right side so a people focused person but more of an introvert is s for steady so s for steady means these people are stable uh, they're supportive they're very sincere they like predictability and loyalty and harmony they're not very confrontational sort of people and as a result, one of their fears is, is can be um, change or, or loss of stability. Now, the downside, every, every corner has a downside. The downside of the steady people is they can be a bit slow and they can be a little bit sensitive. But ultimately, when, you, when you're talking to someone who sits in that, in that category, they're a people-focused person. They like talking, but they don't like the big extrovert kind of scenario. They're, they're more likely to want to take um, their time, be a little bit slower with conversations. Allowing space and time will help, but usually smaller scenarios. So, um, you know, taking them for coffee or having a dinner together one-on-one -on -one. Uh, would be a better way of communicating rather than doing something in a big social sort of event. And because they're loyal people, they're a little bit slower to, you know, a change in or new ideas. So if you're bringing something like this is what needs to change and you need to, to communicate change to that person, maybe allowing some time. And that simply might mean like, look, these are the changes that I think, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how we're going to go forward with this. How about we have dinner and then have a think about it and meet again next week and that way we can go through some other some of your ideas. And so that actually usually works well with a steady person, which is very different to the extrovert type person which are usually quicker to take, make decisions, quicker to make changes. They're just a bit faster in that, in that regard. The introverts usually take a little bit more time, and that's because they like to consider uh, all of the details and really make good decisions before they make the leap, which is, again, a good quality. It's not necessarily a bad quality. And so ultimately, when you, when you have a better understanding of these four personality types, now ultimately... 
I'm going to say right now that there's obviously more than four personality types out there. This is fairly simplistic. Uh, and ultimately, I will say that all of us can fit in any box. Say, for example, I can be an influencer. I can go out and be social and fun and have be, you know, extroverted if I want to. It's just that we'll have a box that we feel a bit more comfortable in where we kind of tend to shine. And so usually you'll have one or two boxes depending on the scenario that you're in. Say, for example, at work, uh, my work at Synergy Physio, I tend to be more of the dominant, decisive and direct person because I, I need to make decisions quickly. I'm running a team. I'm, I'm putting some ideas forward. Um, and so I tend to talk in, in more in dot points, uh, which for some people might appear as like, is she being really short right now? Like, am I in trouble? And it's not that. It's just that, look, no, I'm short of time. I need to make these decisions. I think we can go ahead with this. And any everyone in my team understands the disc profiling and knows that that's where I sit. So they know not to take anything um, uh, personally. And when I do need to communicate directly with a team member, I know where they are in the box. So I try and move my communication style toward them as best I can. So at work, that's where I tend to be. But if I'm if I'm in a social environment, I actually tend to be a lot more introvert. I don't love big parties and, yeah, I mean, I'll still go to a big party and I'll still have a good time. But, you know, give me dinner with a few people any day over, you know, a, a giant social event. And that's just me. That's just where I prefer to sit. Uh, and so we all have our preferences and none of them are good and none of them are bad. They're just, that's just, it is what it is. So we'll have our, uh, our usually our two favourites that will oscillate between and very often we'll pair or partner with someone who fills in the gaps. Uh, so, for example, my husband is uh, usually far more social than I am, um, loves to get together with everybody in a big party, um, and I always go along, but it's usually him that, that will uh, decide to make that decision. And so we tend to have people that in our lives that, that fill in the gaps a little for, for us. Uh, so ultimately, when you're reaching forward to communicate with someone, it's good to kind of know where that person normally sits. So the extrovert people tend to talk faster and make decisions faster. The introvert people, so the, the C compliant or the S steady, whether you're task or people orientated, tend to talk a bit slower and take their time with things and take um, pay a little bit more attention to detail. So once you can kind of recognise, well, this person is probably, that's probably where they're, they're sitting, uh, usually it's a good idea if you can to communicate in their style. Because then you open up a doorway of um, mutual understanding. Say, for example, if I want to communicate with one of my uh, team members uh, about something I need to change in the clinic, and I know that they're a people-focused person that needs to talk more, I'll allow a little bit more time and I'll try not to talk in my favourite way, which is in the dot points. I'll just make sure that I step into their box as best I can. Now, we have to laugh at work uh, because obviously I try, because I know a little bit about this, I actually understand all of the team members in my team uh, and I try to put uh, team members into roles within the workplace that suit their communication style. So, for example, an influencer who's a people-focused extrovert, they are best or shine out uh, the greatest when they're in front desk roles, when they're answering the phone and chatting with people because they love to talk. And so the sooner I learned this, it, it just meant that I was like, okay, these are the personalities that go quite well in this role. And if I stuck one of those people or one of those girls into a role where they were having to do, say, accounts or details, 
usually they don't love it and then they develop a little bit of resentment toward work and it's not really fun. So so knowing where someone sits in this disc profiling helps you kind of go, well, this person's going to shine best here. Let's try and create a role for them where they can shine. Um, and, it, and like I said, it does make me laugh because my practice manager, Danny, who also helps us on our Rise Up retreat, she's an amazing woman. She's a very much, uh, she's an influencer, so she loves to chat, very extrovert. She's also got attention to detail, so she's uh, got two sides to her personality like like I do. And uh, if we're running late for work, I'm talking to her in dot points and she's chatting to me and she's laughing going, you don't want to hear this, do you? I'm annoying you, aren't I? I'm like, yes, I've got to talk to dot points. I'm running late. So we, we laugh because we recognize each other's communication styles and it, and it makes it fun in the clinic. But it, it also means that if you have an understanding there, when you need to reach out to someone to communicate so you can understand them and they can start to understand you, knowing where they sit on this grid can sometimes help you figure out a way. So I wouldn't start a conversation with a direct person with a rambling conversation that went on for half an hour. I'd kind of go, look, this is how I feel. These are the problems. Can we address it this way? And I need you to understand me and make it kind of a bit clear. Whereas if someone's uh, people focused, I'll do something more social. If they're introvert people focused, I'll do something like over coffee. Uh, and if someone's an introvert detail, task oriented person, then I'd, I'd perhaps go into a little bit more detail uh, to explain things. So it just means that you can kind of understand where people are coming from and not assume that they're being short with you or just because their style is different to yours. Because I think it's really true that wherever we're coming from, we assume everybody else, that's how they operate. And it's often not the case. And, and so understanding this just kind of helps you bridge those gaps. Uh, so if you are communicating your needs, think about who you're talking to and kind of try and step into their box if you can. And like I said, we can all be in all four boxes. It's, we're not set in stone. We're people, we're, we move, we're fluid, but we tend to have one or two favourite boxes that we tend to sit in. And, and really it is appreciating the strengths of each box uh, that, that does help because like I said, as a side note, if you are a person that's a, an introverted, task-oriented person, then you know one of your strengths is attention to detail and really good quality work, and you know that's actually a really useful strength to be able to figure out how you can shine out. So knowing where you shine out, and and then appreciating others and where they shine. So rather than being annoyed at the influencer who's very talkative and doesn't get anything done, just because you're task-focused doesn't mean that someone who's people focused is wrong. It just means that they need to be put in a place where they can shine and that way everyone operates and it communicates in an appreciative way uh, rather than an resentful way. Uh, so I hope this uh, has been of some interest to you. Um, there's lots more available out there in disc profiling, but ultimately the, the three key tips that I wanted to uh, summarise today uh, for you all are, are tips in, in communicating and, and feeling more understood, so opening up doorways and, and building better pathways to better communication. Uh, the three tips is, first tip is understand yourself. That's name your emotions and calm your monkey mind when there's a place of uncertainty, like they talk to me really snappy. What does that mean? Does it mean, oh, maybe it means this. You, you can fill in all sorts of stories when there's a place of uncertainty and just be aware of that and just say, look, the story I'm telling myself is this. I better clear it up and find out what's actually happening rather than making a story. So the first key tip, understand yourself. The second key tip, 
to feeling understood and communicating in a better way is to reach out and understand others. Uh, and so that comes with uh, learning to be open in your communication style, but also understanding the four different approaches, the, the task-driven extrovert, the dot point person, the people-focused extrovert, the influencer that likes to talk all day, the task-orientated introvert, and the people-orientated introvert who will chat but in smaller scenarios. So as soon as you understand those four different sort of styles, it's like, can I talk to them in their language? Uh, and that way we can open up a communication doorway. So tip one, understand yourself. Tip two, understand others because the way that they communicate might be different to yours, but it's not necessarily wrong. Uh, number three, start any conversation or, or communication from a place of empathy and just know that look, we're all doing our best with the tools and the resources that we've got so if you start a conversation with an open heart an open mind and questions in order to be um, open-minded that's always the best way to start steering uh, conversations to help everybody feel more understood because uh, we're all navigating something right and there's a lot of feelings of isolation and and, and feelings of misunderstanding when when things aren't visible and it'd be great to have a community that has a better way of communicating and understanding each other. And that starts with an open heart, open mind and a place of empathy and understanding. Now, um, if you are a therapist, I do have an online resource, Communication Mastery for Therapists, because as a therapist, as a physiotherapist, I've obviously had to learn communication skills in order to communicate with my patients. And they're skills that are really needed across the board in uh, any allied health or health related profession. So I do have that online. I'll pop that up in the show notes. Thank you very much uh, for joining me today. And I hope this has been of some interest and sparked a, a little enthusiasm or a few ideas in your own mind. Have a great day. If you like what you've heard, it'd be great if you could rate and review this podcast from wherever you are listening. And don't forget to click subscribe so you'll be notified when we release our next episode.